Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Sean T. I appreciate you showing up every week, or some of you two times a week, joining me on this journey every single week. I actually really enjoy talking to you guys, so would you please leave a review? Um, I would love to know your thoughts, and I would love to make the podcast even better. So thank you so much for that. All right, now about today's show. Let me tell you guys something. The reason why I did not comb my hair or do anything special is because I am about to have a conversation with a really great friend, a friend that I actually first got introduced to on a an Instagram ad, which is so crazy. And when I actually saw this person on an Instagram ad, I was like, they're so inspiring just from the way they looked into the camera. And then we became friends. And now... The amazing Mel Robbins is about to bless you with just real life conversation, just the ultimate transparency and realness. And you'll see why I think it's okay that I I didn't even do my hair for this intro because she keeps it all the way real. I hope you get to really enjoy this episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to trust and believe because Mel Robbins is about to give it to you. Somebody say it again. No, no, no. What's up? He's better than Oprah. Come on, y'all. This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, so I, I'm, you know, I have to start this podcast off by telling people. I think I'm, I may have told you this before, but I have to tell everyone why I love Mel Robbins so much. So I was scrolling through Instagram and just minding my business, and this woman pops up on an ad. The meat of the ad was about empowering your life, and I just was like, mm. and I, I usually at that time would never stop at ads, but there was something about this woman that had this power and so I was just like I'm gonna listen to this and I was like no no, no I'm gonna go by and then it happened like three or four more times and I found that every single time you came on the screen I stopped what I was doing I forgot what I was doing and I was just completely more than just what you were saying the energy that you were delivering to the camera with your eyes but it was so simple and unforced and I said I have to search for this person you know, mm. and then that's when I started following you on social, and I was just like, 
she is my people. And full disclosure, and a lot of people think that, I don't know, you know, we get judged a lot. It's hard for me to be motivated by someone because I live in a motor. Well, I would imagine <laughs> since you motivate everybody else, you must think, every, you know, I, that is very, very high praise, Sean. So, so I want to say it's hard because I just like, I'm like, I want to, f- because I like to feel authenticity. That's what I was going in. You're just so authentic and so strong and so powerful. And I just want you to tell these amazing people where that came from. Where did that energy come from where you could deliver a message? Not just believe it, but live it when you're speaking it. So the millions of people you've helped change just can feel it through the screen or just even through your words. Well, I think the reason why I'm so comfortable just being myself is because I spent years lying Mm. and trying to be somebody else. And I was your classic people pleaser. I would never fully be present in a room because I would be in my mind thinking about how I get everybody here to either like me or how I make sure I don't make somebody mad at me. And I would do anything to make sure you weren't mad at me. It wasn't even so much, honestly, if I really unpack it, Sean, about you liking me as much as I wanted to make sure you weren't going to be mad at me. Wow. And so, like a lot of people pleasers, you adopt uh, whatever opinion you think is going to get you that result. And instead of being authentic, you spend your life feeling anxious because you're managing other people, which you can't do. I mean, I, I, and so I think it took me, it took me a long time to realize that this was a dominant pattern in my life. Mm -hmm. And when you finally realize that there are patterns of behavior that are holdover from childhood and from experiences that you have uh, had in your life, positive or negative, and these patterns no longer serve you, when you can spot them and break them, it is the most liberating thing in the world. And so the reason why I am so, what you see is what you get, is it's a hell of a lot easier to just tell the truth and to say what you need to say and brace for the fact that somebody might be mad at you instead of trying to figure out what to say so nobody ever is. And then the interesting thing about people-pleasing is that when you constantly choose to put other people first or other people's opinions or music tastes or the food they like or whatever it is that you're, you're assimilating to so that you please other people, you're betraying yourself. And there's a part of you, every time you do that for the sake of someone liking you or the sake of belonging to a group, Sean, or the sake of somebody not being mad at you, you lose a little part of yourself because you're betraying who you really are and so and what you really believe and what you want to eat and the kind of music you want to listen to and the kind of opinion that you have. And so on the other side of constantly focusing on pleasing other people is tremendous freedom. Because you begin to orient your life toward things that actually please you and that validate who you are as a person. You posted something recently that was just 
incredible. And it goes along with authenticity. I think a lot of what you post okay. is incredible. For those of you who don't know, you need to go follow her like immediately. <laughs> but um, it says, be responsible for telling the truth, not managing people's reaction to it. I just thought that was so powerful because it just kind of goes in line with, you know, what I know of you as a human. And I'll tell a funny story where this isn't something super profound, but the first night we met, we were at dinner. You showed up. Obviously, when you meet someone for the first time, you don't necessarily know what to expect. I mean, you've done my workouts. I'm motivated through by you through Instagram and the TV and all this stuff. Stop right there. Okay, Everybody, you need to understand something. When Sean T followed me back... <laughs> Let's let's be clear who was following me oh. first. Uh, when Sean T followed me back, I went sprinting into the kitchen of our house. I was like, "Look who's following! Look who's following me!" And my husband looked at me, and I was like, "He's like Sean T from the DVDs." Is oh my goodness! You? And the girls were like, "Hip hop abs, Sean T! Oh my god! Like you have been." part of our family for a very long time and so let's be clear there was a, there was like a little bit of fangirling I had to reel back my desire to make you want to like me and just be myself I mean I knew we'd get along but this was the first moment everybody the story is about to tell where I met Sean T in person yeah so thank you for saying that Ugh. it's I don't know. I, I'm a big believer in when two points are destined to meet, it's just going to happen. But I, I do remember that night, and Scott was there, and I was, you know, it's so weird, and some people, it's not weird. I was so nervous to meet you because of just the impact that you, your words have and that you have. And a lot of times when people meet me the, for the first time at an event or something, and they say, oh my gosh, like I'm so nervous. I'm always like, why? I'm just... I'm just Sean, like, you know. And, yeah, what you see is what you get. Right. It's and, so true with you. You know, so it was just kind of, it was just interesting being on the other side of that, just saying, oh, no, I get it. And you were just, but back to the point of being raw, authentic, real, being honest, we had drinks, we had fun, we talked life. There was no sugarcoating anything. And so when I saw you post that, you know, about not managing people's reaction to your truth i i said to myself there are a lot of people out there that say things to to get people to understand being empowered but you truly live that well there's a really great distinction that you can use if you have trouble speaking your needs or speaking your opinion very plainly you know if you're the kind of person that rewrites an email 15 times or you interpret every text that comes in, or you stop and think about how you're going to say something. There's a simple rule that will help you stay true to you. Don't change the content. Just watch the tone. Mm. You see, I think people mistake <clears throat> the content of what they're saying. And they start to manage the content as a way to soften the blow. What you really want to manage is the context in which you say it and the tone of voice in which you deliver it. So even though you know that somebody might be upset with what you're about to say, or that they might read it, that they might like react in a way that causes an issue, 
you can always say, um, you know, I have something that might upset you, but I'd rather tell you the truth than not be honest with you and soften what I'm about to say. And, and that just sets it up beautifully because now you're actually expressing, I haven't, I haven't had this conversation with you is another thing you could say. And I need to apologize for that because I have been so busy not wanting to upset you that I have not been upfront with you about something. I love that. Scott and I have lots of conversations after 10 years of being together, almost eight years of being married. And I'm a, I tell him all the time, I'm a big fan of the preface. And that's what I call it. I'm going to preface mm. what we're about to talk about in hopes that it eliminates angst, fear, anger, and defensiveness on both sides. And mm. it works a lot of times, but not every time it works. But it one one thing that does work is us you know intentions it's i think it goes along with what you said in terms of your the tone that you say it and what is your intention what do you want to get from this conversation scott and i talk a lot about confrontation and he's been someone that's super afraid of confrontation if you will and i'm not and so he's like why aren't you afraid of confrontation and i said because my intention in having this conversation is so that we are better after it. And I believe that people try to manage people's reaction to your truth because they're afraid that the relationship is going to be ruined after you tell the truth when in actuality, the relationship should be better after you telling someone the truth. Totally. You know, totally. and I just think that that is, and that, so that's, so I just want to let you know, when you post something, I go deep in there, I dive, I like <laughs> swim down, I don't just like read and be like, oh, wow, that's great. I'm like, how can I process this in my life? Um, but I kind of want to segue a little bit, because I have so much to sure. talk to you about, and we're both busy, so okay. I don't have time, so we're going, so your intentions and in being a people pleaser, let's figure that out, people, take notes, yep. go back, listen to it again if you need to. You know, just a few weeks ago, when the Black Lives Matter um movement really picked up and started you did something that was so ugh. what did i do you sent me a text message and you checked in and you said but you said something that was you know a lot of people send a text message but you you said something that no one else said except for i mean no one else said and what you said was i'm reaching out i can't remember the exact words but you were like i'm reaching out just to listen and you can say whatever you want for as long as you want and I just thought that was you know a lot of people call and I appreciate everything but people want to call and talk people want to call and debate black lives matter versus all lives matter so don't even get me going about that I'm not but I'm just going to say we're (laughs) no because you know how riled up I get when I hear people talking all lives matter I'm I'm like well when black lives matter then all lives (laughs) matter we didn't say only black lives we said black lives need to matter right so that all lives matter right but I think that that, but good see I just went there I know I was trying to like let's let's go by not I, I love it um but it was, you know, a lot of times you call up and I've, I've had conversations where I have to defend, which is what you were just saying. Like, I have to defend. And you were the first person to actually send me a message and say, I want you to just be able to speak. And that was 
And, you know, that's why I'm glad we're here talking today. Not that we need to talk about that, but I think that what I want to get to, and I've been talking a lot about in my on my platform, is being a good human. Mm. And people hear that a lot. Just how people live here, live your best life a lot, or are, are you being your best or whatever. It can become white noise. But things like what you did, which is I'm going to reach out to somebody and let them speak and not have to defend their emotions was really powerful. Where does that come from? How does your brain process that to reach out to someone to be like that? Because my my goal is for people to, to be a good human. And that's a really good human move. <laughs> well, um, I, I have to say that I think being a good human is a lifelong process. And committing to being a lifelong learner is a really important thing. And one of the reasons why I I reached out to you and I said what I said is both because um, two things. I was investing a lot of time and still am in reading the work of anti-racist educators. Mm and understanding through uh, a lot of books and articles and listening to podcasts what the the what is a helpful response in a moment like that and what is a response to somebody that may in your heart feel like I'm reaching out but in reaching out you're putting the burden on the person that's hurting mm. to teach you how to serve them. And so I combine all of that with the tremendous amount of work and research I've done around grieving and how you support somebody through a crisis when they lose somebody. And I unfortunately have had a number of people that I love die by suicide and I have had those kinds of death impact my kids. And so I've done a lot of work to understand how you support somebody who is going through um, just a real emotional roller coaster, if you will. Mm -hmm. And one of the mistakes that people make when you are trying to help somebody in crisis is you go in with the best of intentions, Sean, and you say, how can I help? And the person that's in a crisis emotionally is like, well, if I fucking knew how to help, I'd be doing it myself. Like, why are you asking me how you can help? Like, do some research and come back and offer up what you can do. The other thing that I noticed that was super helpful, this is in the context of grieving, is that when you're reaching out to somebody who's going through something really emotional, ask them, how are you doing today? Because when you ask a big question, how are you doing, and your life feels like it's kind of a cauldron of emotion, you're like, what do you refer, how do I feel about my future? How do I feel about my, how do I feel about black lives? What, what the fuck are you even asking me? But if you go, <laughs> how are you feeling? How are you doing today? Mm. That's it. Um, and then the other thing, and I think I said this on the text is, and this is huge, everybody, steal this. You don't need to respond. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because when you're going through something that you yourself are trying to process, it is so emotionally um, exhausting at times that even all the people checking in feel, it feels so incredible. And please do that with your friends, but always put in, you don't need to respond because getting back to all those people starts to become heavy. You know what I mean? And you don't want it to be. And these are all the mistakes that you make when you don't educate yourself, whether it's educating yourself about what somebody who's grieving is going through and how to best serve them or educating yourself about what your black friends are going through and how to best serve them in this moment and do your own work to show up and be helpful. And it just is a huge perspective shift that has happened in my life based on personal tragedy and based on doing the work, which is what the anti-racist educators said to do. And that's what I did. And so, um, you know, I immediately reached out to you and a number of my friends, even though I kind of sat there for a day like, should I reach out? Do I reach out? Is it weird if I reach out? I'm like, what the fuck am I even questioning this? I care about this person deeply. They're going through something. Of course I'm going to reach out. Yeah, and it's it's really about the heart you know i think a lot of people second guess whether they should reach out i just had a friend yesterday post that her grandmother passed away and when it comes to death kind of like you were saying people get a little weird on how to respond or react and some people just kind of stray away and for me i just send a message of love and and again and without responding without needing a response because for for one, I know what it's like to lose a grandparent, and that feeling if you're if you were close to your grandparents and you had that kind of relationship is very overwhelming because it's a special kind of love, different from a parent, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, and just being able to kind of reach out. I don't need a response. I'm here if you need me, and just know that I'm thinking about you. Always kind of heals the soul in a way because again, it For takes sure. the pressure off. Um, so you want to know two things about that? Two great pieces of uh, pieces of advice. Yeah. Okay. Um, after you reach out, set a alarm or a date or an event in your calendar for a month or two out, saying reach out again, because when you lose somebody, there's an avalanche of outpouring. And then once the memorial service is over, everybody else goes back to their life, and you're left. And the wake of all that frenetic activity compared to the silence that follows is the one of the hardest parts of dealing with grief. And so reaching out a month later after all the stuff has kind of settled down, it's always extremely surprising to the person and has 10x of the impact. The other thing, and this is something I learned recently because my daughter had a uh, friend of hers from college, Sean, whose dad died from COVID. Mm. He's 51, my age. This is one of my daughter's closest friends, and she has been to their house. And she did not know what to say. And I think that keeps so many of us from reaching. I don't know what to say. Am I like, what 
always reach out. Always, always, always. I'm thinking about you. I will keep checking back in. I love you. You do not need to respond. But if you know the person who passed away, say something nice about them. Your father had the best laugh. The researchers in this area say that having somebody affirm a great memory literally is bringing that energy of the person mm-hmm. back into your friend or loved one's spirit. I love that. Um, I also was listening to a podcast. Um, it was a few, it was a, uh, maybe a year ago now. And the person who was speaking on a podcast was dealing with grief. And mm. she was saying how so many friends and family would come up to her and say, you know, or people would say, like, when, like, how, when, do, when are you going to get over this? Like, in a way of, like, when are you going to get over Wow. Yeah. Okay. And she let the audience know, well, this person is never coming back. I will never have a Sunday with the cherry on top. And she was trying to motivate and inspire the people out there who had lost someone to not feel bad that it still affects you. I mean, my grandparents died. My grandmother died uh, maybe 10 years ago now. My grandfather almost... 20 maybe and if if they were still in my life my life would be exponentially better do i mm-hmm. but i bring in what you just said i i think about you know i think about such not weird but odd things when i was a kid and i wasn't feeling well my grandfather used to take vicks and massage my chest and my body and that like i think about that in times where i don't feel good and that feeling was so incredible or and this is you just made me think about how my grandmother would put Vicks on my feet and put socks on and it feels good that's a good one yeah (laughs) but that's why I like what you just said about like bringing like the laugh back into the life and my Mm grandma this is the this is kind of funny the one thing that I think about my grandmother all the time first of all I always like deemed myself as her favorite person that ever lived like I just was like I know I'm her favorite and I would tell everyone but there was one time where she was going to give me a spanking and she would do this like thing with her her tongue. She'd be like, like, like she's coming after me. And she would get like five feet from me, and she would start laughing. Like she would never be able to spank me. So when I when I think about her, I think about that. And it's it's anyway, it's great. But I love how you know you talk about bringing that energy back into the person's life because it yeah. just it kind of fuels them with a good feeling about them. But you said something in, be- in the beginning of that that I want to pick your brain about. Uh, okay, the difference. And the difference between reacting and responding, uh, even bringing back what we talked about, you know, having an argument, you know, losing someone, uh, reaching out to someone, your own personal feelings. I think people get the difference between a reaction and a response completely mixed up. And I just I've always wanted to talk to you about this because I have my own way of thinking. But you sometimes have like a deeper way of thinking about it. So I just want to know, like, what are your thoughts? So a reaction is when your emotions do the talking. A response is when your heart and your values and your truth do the talking. And what do you say to someone like me who is an emotional person? Because emotional Uh people, and I'm an emotional person from dealing with my sexual abuse, right? Like I've had some, like there's some triggers that happen emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like how do you help someone like me 
who the first thing I want to do is have an emotional response to something or reaction to something when, like, how do I dive into that response instead of the emotional reaction? So um, I'm going to try to explain this in a really simple way. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to. Don't. I don't. So I say you. Being, being somebody that, that has uh, sexual abuse in my past, being a survivor, um, a lot of times when we use the word emotion, what you're talking about is your nervous system gets fired up and then your body floods with all kinds of feelings before your mind is even there. So your body, Sean, is picking up clues before your mind even knows what's going on. And I did not make this up. They've proven this through research. So, for example, there was a a famous study done where they put two decks of cards in front of people. And the decks are completely rigged. And basically, scientists wire you up, and they start flipping over cards. And it's very clear kind of which deck is going to be the winner. I, I can't remember like how that, what the rules are, but you're trying to figure out which deck is the better deck. And your body starts to respond to the deck that is the better deck 20 cards before your brain picks it. And the reason why that's true hmm. is that our bodies are machines that read rooms and feel situations. And there is so much programming that has gone on in your body. I call it patterns. Some psychologists call it trauma patterns or or the trauma response. Some people call it I'm emotional or I get triggered. All that you're talking about are patterns that have you react before your mind has even figured out what's going on. And so I can give you another example. So there's a, there's a concept in psychology called ghost in the nursery. Hmm. Ghost in the nursery means that from zero to five, your brain is in a state. So your boys' brains are in a state right now like sponges. They are absorbing everything at like a hundred X the way that you and I can absorb things. It's why toddlers can become bilingual like that because their brains are in a state of absorbing everything around them so they can learn language, so they can become more independent, so that they can walk, so that they can read social cues, so that they can communicate. And what happens during that time is there's all kinds of stuff that's going in here that makes no sense to a baby's brain, but it's also going into your nervous system. So, for example, if you're three years old and mom or dad comes home and they're stressed out and they see toys everywhere and they immediately start yelling at their partner, you as a baby don't remember that situation up here, but your body does. Because when dad starts yelling or dad gets tense, your sons already know when that's happening, don't they? Their bodies are absorbing these experiences. So fast forward to being 40 years old. You could walk into the house, Sean, and be the most calm, cool, collected guy on the planet. But you see 
a very chaotic scene, your body remembers, oh, this was when my caregiver yelled. And then you automatically find yourself getting emotional because, and, and you're yelling and you don't understand why. That is a pattern that has been absorbed in your nervous system. Your nervous system, oh, I remember this. Oh, and I remember what the adults do. They yell when it's messy like this. So you can say, Sean, up here, I got to be calmer when I go home. I got to start speaking up at work. You can say whatever behavior change you want. But what's going to get in the way of you doing it in the moment when you're riled up is the part of the brain that you and I talk about, uh, the part of the brain that we're using when we talk about wanting to change is a totally different part that's in control when you get emotional. So you're dealing with patterns. And the only way to change a pattern. So here's the good news. There's nothing about anybody that's broken. You just have a pattern that's broken from the past. Mm. That's it. Just doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work. It may work in some situations to get emotional. Great. Keep doing it. But in situations where your emotional pattern is keeping you from getting what you want, that's where you need to learn how to spot it, break it, and put in something else. So here's how you do it. It's very, very simple. You just develop a practice of putting yourself in pause. So as you feel, like, what's it feel like for you when you're about to get emotional? In a situation you don't want to get emotional in. Ugh. Where do you feel it in your body first? Such a good question. I get, I just get hot. Okay. Like, I just yeah. get hot. Like, I don't feel like my heart beats any faster, but... And it's not like my palms and my feet sweat necessarily. Like yeah, I just yeah. start getting hot. And Scott says that my eyes get really big. He's like, your eyes get really big and it's scary. And I'm like, really? I don't feel my eyes opening, but I feel, I feel hot. Like I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like that's. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. So you know the body trigger. That happens before your mind realizes that this is about to go south. So what you want to do is whenever you get hot, you want to be able to put yourself in pause, mm. which means step out of the pattern. Oh, here comes that trigger. I'm getting super hot. Maybe you come up with a code word with Scott. I'm getting that hot feeling again. And that's your code to take two deep breaths. Or that's your code to say, I'm going to calm myself down right now. Or that's your code to say something else because you're going to put yourself in pause instead of allowing yourself to get emotional. That's the work right there. That's it. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to distance yourself from the trigger of getting hot and the reaction right now, which is you get hot, you start doing whatever you do. You get emotional. You want to get hot and go, oh, I'm getting hot and create a moment of pause because it's in this moment of pause, Sean, that now you're back in control and you can choose how you're going to respond. And look, this is a lifelong process. So today, I can't believe we're having this conversation because today we finished up. Um, today was one of those crazy days where it was deadline, 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 deadline. Plus, like everybody on the planet, I've got my whole family home and the dog and the cat are fighting nonstop. And I've got a audio crew here trying to record the last chapter of an audiobook. Oh, wow. And we are already two days over because yesterday we had huge thunderstorms, mm. so we couldn't do anything. 
So I am recording and I'm like trying to focus and then I hear my son yelling at the TV because he's playing Fortnite or something with his friends. So I go out and I like, please, please, please. And then I go across the hall because Chris is on the phone with his feet on the bed. Chris, we're recording an audiobook, And I can feel my temperature. And so then I go into the kitchen and I get on the phone with somebody that I really like, Sean. And I hear information that is the exact opposite of the contract that I signed. Mm. And I had, for the first time in my business life, a flip the table moment. Do you remember on The Real Housewives? Where, was there, is her name Teresa? Like yes, sir. Flipped that table. <laughs> on New Jersey. I, on New Jersey, yes. <laughs> I did that today on a business call. I, lo- I, I And you know what I did afterwards? I put myself in pause. Mm. Because I felt like that runaway train. And here's the thing, everybody. When your life starts to feel like you're that truck barreling down the highway, a lot of times when life is pressing the accelerator, we think we have to go faster. We think we have to do more. We think we have to add more to our to-do list. We think we have to run, run, run. The only way to slow down a runaway truck is for it to pull on one of those off ramps Mm -hmm. that are all sand that slow it down. And so when you get hot, your body is becoming a runaway truck. When you get emotional or or you're in a state where you're really reactive, you are now a runaway truck. The only solution is to think about that off ramp that you can put yourself on because you can't turn a runaway truck. You can't pivot. You can't even get it under control. It's only when you slow it down that you can turn it or get it back under control. So I went at 2.30 today and I took a bath. Yes. I have never taken a bath (laughs) on a Tuesday at 2.30 in the afternoon in the middle of a work day. But I was in such a reactive, emotional, revved up state that I had to put myself in pause. Now, why a bath? The reason why a hot bath is because your nervous system can be controlled by your vagus nerve. Mm. Your vagus nerve runs from your pelvic floor all the way up through every single organ, through your vocal cords and through the back of your, your brain. And if you stimulate your vagus nerve, you can switch from the sympathetic sympathetic nervous system, which is your to your parasympathetic nervous system. It takes about 10 minutes. And the way that you can do it is get yourself in a hot bath or a hot shower and the heat and the warm water immediately lowers your nervous system response. Or get outside for 10 minutes and take a walk because when you get outside, You will naturally take deeper breaths. Do not take your phone. Don't take your earbuds. And you'll be stimulated by all these things around you. And that will slow down your nervous system. You are in control of your nervous system if you want to be. And those are two simple things that you can do. But honest to God, just an hour and a half ago, I was in a hot tub trying to calm my ass down. And it worked. That's why I'm like so grounded right now. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The next thing I want to say, when, and you asked me about what does it feel like when I get that feeling, and I said I get hot. I actually recognize that, and it, I just thought of this while you were talking, and I want to share it with the audience because I think it's something that they should do as well. When I was a kid, oh, I'm not going to get emotional. I don't feel like it today because <laughs> I'm an emotional <laughs> person. I need to go take a bath. I'll be right back. <laughs> but, you know, and this is serious, even though I'm, I'm laughing. When I would get off the school bus in kindergarten, I mean, kindergarten, not kindergarten, but in grade school in general, when I, after I had turned eight years old and my, my sexual abuse had started, when I would mm-hmm. get off the school bus and I'd be walking home, that feeling of just like, I do not want to be in this space. But here's where, here's what I realized today. There are times, even at 42 years old, where I'm pulling into my gate to my, where I live, and I'm rounding the corner and I get this nervous feeling. And I say to myself, why are you nervous? I, I, I constantly ask myself that. Never. And I never could answer it. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm nervous because I'm excited to see my kids. No, because they're going to get on my nerves. Maybe I'm excited because I'm excited to see Scott. Yeah, that that's true. But this is like a different feeling. I was like, that's not the feeling I get when I'm going to like, like when uh-huh. I finish this and I go see Scott. And I just realized it's the same feeling I had of not of just pulling up to my home. And, you know, after years of therapy and, you know, still needing it, it's it's so interesting. Like you constantly see these little things. And I think that it also comes back to what you said about being a, a young person and feeling it and not necessarily remembering it up here. But you're I think you said your nervous system. Uh, yeah, well, so let me, you want to know what's going on? Yeah, of course. So what's happening is you're responding to what we call an environmental trigger. Mm. And there is nothing wrong with going home to your house. But for years, the act of walking through the door puts you in danger. And so here's the thing. You didn't talk yourself into the trauma you experienced. The trauma happened to you. So it is very hard to talk the trauma out of your body. No matter how much healing you do through talk therapy, Mm -hmm. which is so amazing, part of this is physically wired in your nervous system. And that's why some of the modalities like the uh, rapid eye movement therapy, 
which has you look at a lot of blinking lights while you talk through some of these core experiences. And the lights distract your mind as you're talking through it. And then you come in and tell yourself, what do you need to tell yourself now? That I'm safe, that I have two boys of my own, that I'm whole, that I'm loved. Like all of those things that that Sean that was getting abused needed to hear. And what happens is because your mind is getting distracted from a wiring standpoint as you look at the lights, it allows your body to start to heal some of that programming. The other stuff that they're finding that, that is amazing and has great potential is all the new research with cybacillin and with ketamine through guided therapies. Because again, you experienced physical trauma. And part of the reason why your stomach was, was in knots is it was an alarm system mm. saying, I know what happens when I go in there. And the, this is very common. A lot of people, and I think, I think, you know, if you're listening to us, this, this, this one, when I say it, a lot of people go, Oh my God. If you grew up in a household that had conflict or an alcoholic parent or there was abuse, Typically, that abuse happens when somebody comes home at night. The drinking start. The stress of the day gets unloaded in the home. And so there are a lot of people that maybe didn't even experience the abuse, but witnessed it, felt it. They were in a home where it was happening, that around 5 o'clock, even though it's 40 years later, as an adult, as the lights start to dim, you start to feel anxious Mm -hmm. and you don't know why. The reason why is because you don't think about it, but your body remembers the lights are starting to go down. Something like a garage door going up or just a can of beer cracking open could trigger you if you had an abusive alcoholic for a caregiver, even though you're safe right now. Why? Because your body and your nervous system is designed to keep you alive. So it remembers the shit that was scary and it will continue to ring alarm bells throughout your life. The great news is that if you start to identify all these little things that trigger you, pulling into your driveway, dusk, the sound of a beer cracking open, a certain song, a certain meal, a certain time of day, you can now find the pattern that's at the heart of it and you can now replace it with something else. Cracking a beer, oh, good to know I'm safe. It's it's exactly, and I, I want to say this uh, again to people who are listening, it's really important to process this while listening to Mel speak because as I was processing that, whenever I hear someone pulling to a gravel-type driveway, mm. When and my, one of my biggest one of the biggest breakthroughs through my talk therapy was talking through why at 2 a.m. I would have these these fits of anger and fear towards Scott. Right. And that was a time where I was getting molested, um, obviously going back to pulling up to the house. So I just think it's really important for people to process these things and and use these tools because it definitely helps. And just the final moments, I just, you know, I want you to tell people where they can find you and where they can experience your your everyday motivation in a deeper sense more than social media because I feel like people need to really en- 
engulf themselves in your motivation? And- um, you know, I think my life's <clears throat> my legacy will probably always be the five second rule, mm-hmm. which is the little brain hack I invented out of desperation. You know, and I also need to say I'm not a therapist. I am a life tested expert. I had to figure all of this shit out to heal my own trauma, to cure 25 years worth of anxiety, to get myself out of bankruptcy, to deal with my own drinking issue, to repair my marriage. And so um, what I share are the things that I have done in my own life that I share with my audience of millions of people around the world. And so I, I think social media is the best place because we put out new videos on YouTube every single day. Um, the five second rule audiobook is, I think, the single most amazing thing I've done because it explains the five second rule in an incredible way. But I also had no, I'd never done an audiobook before. So I recorded it myself. And it's unlike any other audiobook you'll ever hear <laughs> because we recorded it and then handed the files to somebody to help clean them up and they just trimmed the ends so you hear me dropping papers and you know sniffing and swearing and like going oh god i just fucked that up and then like reading another sentence and i didn't even listen to it right because i had just recorded it so why do i want to hear myself again the guy was supposed to do it and it turned it into just a totally different kind of experience because it's more like I'm sitting next to you mm. talking to you. I love that. So I would check out the five second rule on Audible. Absolutely. But otherwise just follow me online. Ninety nine percent of the stuff I do is free. So ladies and gentlemen, if you <laughs> just listen, I would you know, I I rarely tell people to do this, but listen to this podcast again, take notes, apply it to your life if you haven't as you listen. Because that is how you trust and believe in who you are. I believe that you trust and believe in who you are by going back into your life. One of the things I love about talking to you is getting the motivation and applying it to my life and and being vulnerable and being transparent with myself. Because just like you, I am not a therapist. I am a self-learner. Like, just being living the lifestyle of trying to grow through pain has helped me mm. become where I am today, even to my workouts. But Mel Robbins, thank you so much. Yeah, no we shit. Your, your workouts are a pain in the ass. <laughs> but they make my ass exactly. look good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love you. I love you too.